Good afternoon, fellow Zulus. Welcome to another episode of Canning Talk. I'm your host, Warner McCoy, as usual, Aiden. Hi, guys. Arsenal take on United. I was a bit nervous after coming off a game against Chelsea, you know, into another high-tempo game against, you know, I would say a struggling Man United side, but whenever they've come up against Arsenal, they always, you know, found a way to beat us, especially early on in the season. And seeing Cristiano Ronaldo's name in the starting lineup already, you know, made me panic and worry a bit. I mean, for me, it felt almost like those, um, you know, football weeks where you, you know, you get knocked out of everything in the space of like seven days. Because I already thought, like, I'm not talking about including the Chelsea game, but when you see your, that going on, uh, that three game uh, run of losses, I already thought, you know, seeing the likes of Chelsea and then. You, you know, you don't know what to really expect of Man United and then you, uh, you know, have that uh, little run of games before heading on to West Ham. My stomach was already turning now for those two games because I thought they were going to be, you know, tricky. So, I mean, we overcame Chelsea. So, now we go on to Man United. And, of course, look, sometimes I know I'm always telling you, or the listeners also, you know, don't really take notice of what the, the media are saying. But, I mean, the way they were, you know, just racking up the... Or like, you know, we under pressure, we are home and whatever. And I, I just thought to myself, look, part of me was thinking that, but then when I saw what it would take to, you know, it was like put Man United to the sword. Because I mean, look, Liverpool gave them, number one, little breathing space. Number two, the sort of passing, the quicker you were passing, the more United was struggling, whichever combination they were playing with. So, you know, as, as we now mentioned, yeah, huge game. Um, Arteta made one change, holding dropped out, uh, since he came in. Uh, Oslo, of course, gave a more conventional back four. What was your take on the squad? No, I think I, I couldn't have asked for a better lineup. I mean, I was happy to see, you know, Cedric back in again. I mean, he, he has been doing well, and we, we needed yeah. that attacking prowess on either side of of the centre backs to kind of push forward and put the pressure on United. I mean, I don't think I could have tweaked anything else. I mean, barring any injuries, you know, if I could have had Tommy Yasu starting, yeah. I would have had him starting and party in the middle, but, you know, happy with how the team started, and, you know, boy, did we start off well. Yeah, yeah the game kicks off also looking already, you know, for fast start, and I think it also caught United a bit on the heels, because I don't think they think they also expected that, you know, sort of fast start. I mean, yes, I think they knew it's going to be almost like a, a barrage on the goal, but I, I don't know, they, or they didn't expect really the sort of lightning fast start we had, and I mean, third minute, Shaka ends up chipping across across the box. Uh, Varane and Telles, you know, both of them must kick the ball. And I mean, the ball falls to Saka, who collects the ball, you know, almost like steadies himself. And then he curls a far post shot. I mean, Tegea makes a fantastic save, you know, to keep the ball out. But I mean, he, nobody picks up of all people Tavares. And I mean, he steals into the back post and he taps in. one no Arsenal. It, it just shows uh, how far forward he gets, I mean. For him to be there over our attacking, you know, winger, it's quite crazy to sort of fall up, his, up, up the field. And he, like I said, you know, it's uh, early on in the game, what a, what a place to get, you know, your, what a time to get your first goal for the club. Um, I'll obviously get into more of it with him during the game, but yeah, I know, one all to the Arsenal. But I mean, it's, it's like... Um... You know, like back in the day when when they used to say of oh, that, that, that that former cricketer uh, Paul Adams, they said like you know a, a, something in a mixer or something. For me, uh, Tavares is a left back. It's something like that. you don't know what to expect. Or yeah. Like, 
he has an offer because I mean when you think your left back is playing even far like far further than your your main striker, yeah. <laughs> I mean that actually boggles my mind because I think uh, when I saw the ball go in for me like just to take it in and because look you normally see um, you know someone like Kieran Tierney coming from you know bombing down the left but his shots are coming like either on the edge of the box or just yeah. or in the box but never that, that far. <laughs> yeah. So, um, six minutes, uh, I was also on one end, also getting worried because no sooner had we scored, Arsenal looked again to be, you know, that, that very problem we were talking about against Chelsea, starting to play way more open. And I mean, for me, that big scare came when uh, Ronaldo ends up freeing uh, Alanga with a fantastic pass. Alanga ends up racing onto the into the penalty area. And I mean, it's flying. I mean, Ramsdale ends up parrying the ball well away from the goal. Yeah, it was, a, it was a warning sign to happen because, I mean, Ilanga had a lot of pace and Tavares worried me a bit because because he was so forward, he was always going to, you know, leave himself maybe a lot of ground to cover against a guy like Ilanga, which could be dangerous. Yeah. And I didn't look, I was like, just one question also. Um, do you think... Excuse me. Are you still there? Yeah, no, I'm still here. No, because my skin just went blank. Um, I'm just wondering, like, do you think the way we're playing right now, it's based on, you know, the more open we play, we're allowing that uh, our opponent to also come at us more, but also in, in turn leave more space for us to take them on? Uh, I think it it could be something like that, but, you know, uh, it's it, it could you could end up you know, falling on your sword because yeah. on the one hand, you're opening the team up, but, you know, if you're not going to... Um, if you're going to make a mistake, you know, when you're allowing him to come onto you like that, it could lead to a goal or two or three and you, you're struggling to find yourself. So there needs to be a balance between it. And I think, yeah. I think it's, it's important that you kind of, when you do set him up, you set him up and get your goals and you shut out shop. Because, not shut out shop, but, you know, don't, then, then you start dictating the game. Don't allow the team to, you know, after maybe you've bagged a goal or two or three, you let him come back into the game. So, you know, it's a very delicate balance that Arsenal yeah, yeah. to do. Because, I mean, I've noticed that. I mean, look, if you think that the first three games of that, that uh, defeat, the run of defeats, we had like one goal that was like a deflected shot. And this time, yeah. and we were trying to play more, you know, conservative, but still get sucker punched. This time around, it's like we are now going at them and also, like, you know, playing a more expansive game, allowing almost like the attack. So, I fully agree because I think it's a fine line here that you have to now to to balance this whole squad out because I mean you can't also allow too much pressure pressure on us but I just think sometimes I mean I know I brought up last week but I just think we need to also have a sort of way of I mean, maybe even a, like a formation change just for like a, a two minute period or three minute where you just see that you either scramble to win the ball back and just hold onto the position because I think every time we we're like losing the ball and whatever. It's, it's like the attack is just coming right on us. And I mean, sometimes we're not that prepared for it. Yeah, I agree with you 100%. And it can lead to conceding many goals. Yeah. Um, then 11th minute, uh, Ramsdale ends up playing a back pass straight to uh, one of the United players who ends up, uh, you know, laying the ball up for uh, Bruno Fernandes. Uh, the Portuguese player ends up heading to the Arsenal box. And I mean, I'm already... 
My eyes already drifting towards the net because I'm thinking, I mean, this is going to be too simple for him. Yeah. When out of the blue, Gabriel ends up pulling off a fantastic block to divert the ball for a corner. Yeah, very lucky and very sloppy though. You know, you can't yeah. be doing things like that. This is a, this is a crunch game. It's, it's all like, you know, all or nothing here. And to do something like that, I mean, you need to yeah. be concentrating much better than that. And I, I think a lot of things were actually going to a point where, um, and I think it was actually driving somewhat up the wall because I was thinking, look, you're dominating the game. So put them to the sword, like, you know, damning the, the, the goals. But it's like we're kind of toying with them. But I mean, the score is still on a knife edge at 1 0. Yeah. And, and I mean, you should try to solidify the game, you know, kind of, you know, nullify the game a bit. And then, you know, open them up again and, and go. But I mean, you know, this game was like a game of ping pong. And 1 0 was literally not the safe result. Then 15th minute, Ilanga ends up near skinning Tavares. Uh, the Portuguese left back ends up, you know, having his arm somewhat on uh, Ilanga. But I mean, I think just the right time also he lets go. He doesn't, you know, do too much of an obvious tug on the on the United player. I mean, but I mean, Ilanga ends up, you know, going down. But I think what actually saves Tavares in a way was just the fact that, that Ilanga went almost like over too easy. Because with the full contact was on his shoulder, he was still, you know, bursting through. But then afterwards, you could see he was looking for that penalty. Yeah, I know it. Uh, my heart was in my throat, I'll be honest. And like I said, you know, the values and I'll carry on throughout the game. But, you know, scores a brilliant goal and almost gives away a penalty. And, and, and you know, you kind of wonder if that's a penalty. Do they give him a record for that? Yeah. Then 24th minute, I mean, almost again out of the blue on a United counter, Dalo ends up, you know, coming out of nowhere at right back. And I mean, he's just smashing a shot against the, the crossbar, which I mean... It was a very good shot, a very good shot. The ball just rocketed almost into the net. Yeah, because I mean, I was really thinking, I mean, are we even going to get the rebound <laughs> in, you know, you know, under control? Because I mean, it was almost like a crazy few seconds there. Then 25th minute, Eden Ketia ends up letting fly with a vicious pile driver, which I mean, the game and just to say, but I mean, really rocked him on his feet. Um, I just thought to myself, I mean, fantastic. Uh, position he got himself into, but I mean, I, I, I mean, if, if you even remember what Arteta's reaction was afterwards, he was kind of annoyed because I think he was also thinking that Eddie would not choose one of the left or right sides of the goal. Yeah, yeah and, and that's kind of just just how you made the two timing differences between the two moments. Just showed how much of a basketball game this was. It's almost like you you attack, we attack, you attack, we attack, and you know, in 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 games of this magnitude, you kind of can't allow that. It needs to kind of be, you know, we're passing the game, we wind up, you know, we had our home ground, but it was, like you said, far too open, and maybe it is a ploy, but, you know, it was getting a bit nail-biting and frantic. Then came, like, five minutes of madness, madness, as I would call it. Uh, first, you know, Saka works so fantastically into the area, gets bundled over, but, you know, manages to get the pass off to Eden Ketio, you know, ends up just smashing the ball past David Gea. I mean, of course, we all kind of celebrate thinking it's 2-0, then it's called back for offside, but then, of course, VAR ends up having to check, you know, for the penalty, because, I mean, uh, Saka ended up, you know, getting tripped by, or tripped up by Tellers, and I mean, what was funny, like, you know, post-match now, um, when I heard, like, you know, sometimes I try watching also United, uh, you know, for those United fan channels, and the way they go about, like, you know, there's no contact, there's no contact. I mean, you can clearly see, I mean, if anybody even wants to watch it again, just watch where Tellez stomps his foot. He actually tramps on, I think, Saka's Achilles as he's about to 
pull away from him. And I think that is what, when when the ref ends up going to the VAR, uh, you know, monitor to double check, he clearly sees in that contact and I mean, he gives the penalty. And then after all that craziness, 32nd minute, Saka then finally steps up and he ends up sending the keeper the wrong way. 2 no Arsenal. Two penalties in two games. Brilliant from the youngster. And, you know, is he going to be our future penalty taker? Uh, big, big. Yeah, so young and stepping up for the big moments. But, you know, 2 no up and I'm thinking, you know, are we going to get three, four? Or, yes, I was Oh, he's going to just put United to the sword and, you know, lo and behold, not even, I'm, I'm, what is, two minutes. almost like a, two. two minutes later, I mean, you know, sloppy defending at the back, you know, Ramsdale so misjudges the ball of Matic of all people and Gabriel and Tavares allow Ronaldo just to, you know, get the jump on them and, you know, 2-1. And United bring themselves back into the game so quickly on into being after being two 0 down. You think to yourself, what is the point of all that now? I know. I think what what also was quite you know as, as annoying as the whole thing was of that you know conceding of the goal. What was quite positive, the crowd kept going. I mean, you could see even though you know it was a setback, it was almost like for me a needless goal to concede because I mean you're already in the driving seat. I mean I was. I know, I'm not going to lie now, but that moment when Saka netted the penalty and he was celebrating, and I saw the players, you know, mobbing him and that. That moment, I just thought, can we finally vanquish that that eight two of United and finally yeah. get for that? But I mean, it's always like things like that we we just don't have that sort of you know that foot on the almost like you know yeah. there's a foot on the throat or foot down on the accelerator where we just keep on peppering them, keep on hammering them. But I mean, United get a, a way back in the game and. I was just worried that, you know, they get that sort of shot in the arm confidence that, that was now, you know, lacking in the previous games of this. Uh, it kind of did give them a lift there. I mean, that goal, it almost, you know, they say swung the pendulum almost in the other direction because all of a sudden, you know, you're kind of looking at the clock and saying, okay, we need to get to halftime so Arteta can just have a chat to the boys. Yeah, because, I mean, look, 39th minute, El Nini ends up, I mean, almost like out of the blue, especially a goal-bound effort. And, I mean, you can see David Gea almost gets caught out at his far post, but then just to palm the ball away. Um, then, as I thought, okay, we're going to go into half time at 2 1. Then, tell us, you know, 45th minute, let's fly from the edge of the Arsenal box. Ramsdale, I mean, pulls off a fantastic save because he ends up clawing the ball out of the, the top corner. Yeah. But, I mean, Cedric, all he has to do is just, you know, ease the ball down the field because, I mean, we're going to half time. And, I mean, he ends up blasting the ball away for a corner. <laughs> yeah. I think that I think what someone had told him like you know you could have not done that. I think it was Ramsdale who, who Ramsdale to calm down. Yeah, but then he still gave you a pat on the back anyway for doing it. So we move on to the second half. Fifty um, first minute, Tavares again. You know, kind of gets a rush of blood to the head. I mean, after fantastic work by the Arsenal team to get in a, in a good position in the United box. And I thought he was going to either aim the ball for the far post or be a bit more composed. And I mean, he just levers the ball into the top tier of the Emirates. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, uh, you, you know, he's uh, how can I say, it's, a, it's quite a strange player. Like, you know, one moment he, he does something brilliant and next year, like you see, that has a blood rush to the head. You know, maybe with age, you, you will get more consistent yep. and, you know, more composed. I mean, my take is still, I think he needs serious work on his defending side, especially. And then I think probably 
dinner shooting and that. But I mean, for me, his crossing normally gets teams also in issues like when, when he, he, he ends up dinking the balls. Because you can see it's quite good if he's got a better target man to aim at or, you know, somebody taller. And I mean, he's, he's said that lung busting runs, he does, you know, the damage like that. But I think that when he has to track back, he, he looks really wobbly. And then, you know, as, as you also said, you do feel nervous when, when he has to face his own goal and going. It's the same with Trent Alexander-Arnold, if you look at it. But it's just the difference is Klopp kind of has a team, you know, Van Dijk, to protect him. He has um, Fabinho as well, who's a very solid, solid player who doesn't march too forward. Like, so it almost compensates for Alexander-Arnold's lack of defending. But we don't have that solidity yet where you can have a guy like Tavares who, who's going to struggle defensively and they'll still be okay. So, you know, I agree with what you're saying. But, I mean, if you look also at, at, at someone like, say, Marcus Alonso, I knew from the get-go on that midweek game that if, if we can allow him to dominate, that is what he does, what you saw last night when, they, when yeah. United allowed him to steal in. Because I think we didn't give him that sort of luxury. We let him actually defend. And, I mean, he yeah. lost yeah. at points with, with Saka especially. And I think that is the sort of thing where, if you look at Liverpool also, Look, Robertson is a tough player also of, of yeah. this. And I just think if you, if you you know, you, you focus on your own attacks on Trent and, and him, you can actually, you know, probably get through to Liverpool. But I mean, yeah. at the moment, I think some you you mentioned like two or three podcasts ago, that sort of fitness of Liverpool is probably second to none I've seen at the moment. Yeah, so, no, it's it's the, the 90 minutes to play <laughs> high-press tempo football, that's crazy. I mean, uh, I, I mean, I think the last I ever saw something like that is... Uh, I mean, I'm not even say United. I mean, if you think of of Barca and and Real Madrid in their pump played football, like yeah, that. yeah. So um, back to the game, fifty uh, seventh minute. Oh, sorry, fifty fifth. Sorry, um, United end up getting a penalty. I mean, our first thought it was, you know, over the top by the the ref, or the, you know, since the United fans were already cheering. But I mean, with a VAR check, it shows that Tavares. I mean, with a needless jump. Yeah. And, and I, I mean, I don't even, I don't even recall why you would be jumping like that. And uh, and, I, and, I, and I just like you know, and as I said to you, you know, brilliant start to the game. You know, then you know, dodgy part of the game. Then he plays it well again, and then he gives away the penalty. That's great. I mean, I think the decision making, decision making of him is, is is actually scary at times. But I mean, I, I think some, I think Gunner blocks it the other day. But sometimes you also need that crazy because. I think if you two predictable people know, you know what you're gonna do. But I yeah. mean, that moment was like you know a red check mark on his name. But I mean, Bruno Fernandez ends up step, you know, steps up. Uh, I think many people, football fans, were a bit surprised, thinking, you yeah, know, I was, I definitely was. And I mean, by the time he ends up with his uh, hop skip penalty thing, at the end of the base of the post and goes for a goal kick, and I mean, the whole stadium erupts. Yeah, no, and I think that was the moment that maybe he could have swung the game in Arsenal's favour. <coughs> yeah, excuse me. Yeah, I, I really thought that was another their way of uh, getting back in. And I mean, <clears throat> up to then, they were also, they really had Arsenal on the ropes because I was. Yeah. Really I think that Thiago Dallo also shortly also made, made Adam Ramsdale made a fantastic save. The action save to tip the ball onto the post as well shortly yes, after before, that penalty. Yeah, but I mean, even before that, six years minute, that was when Ronaldo had one of his uh, had a goal ruled offside just, I think, by what few millimeters probably. 
Yeah, it does. Nerve-wracking <coughs> and you were like asking yourself, are, are we going to throw this away? Because United were just coming and coming and coming and coming and coming. Yeah, but I mean, Arsenal now end up, I think they also noticed that after the, the you know, the dialogue strike against the post, <coughs> when Martin Elliott to come on 64th minute for uh, Smith Rowe, because I think Smith Rowe was also struggling there. Yeah, Smith Rowe seems to be struggling a lot of late, you know, especially the team doesn't allow too much space. It doesn't allow him that opportunity to like dink in behind. And, you know, yeah, he, he has had a few flashes of, of, of moments. Um, but, you know, since that COVID break and I think that if Al Cup die as well, you know, prior to then he was on fire. But, you know, right now he's, he's eating a bit of inconsistency and the likes of Odegaard, Saka, they are, I mean, are more now showing their worth than Emil Smith Rowe. I'm not saying he's not showing his worth, but, you know, after such a great start, he seems to be tapering off a bit. I think when he has to do a lot of running, especially look, I mentioned that, that part where we were on the ropes for like, you know, easily 10, 10 to 15 minutes, even where we were, you know, struggling to just hold onto the ball. And, and that is when, um, Look, I think he was playing on the same flank as, as Tavares as well. And I think the two of them were, you know, having issues the way I think both were trying to attack the same line and that and every time the ball gets dinked over to the to the side, he ends up struggling. So I think and if you're not having because I th- I think sometimes that, that that sort of it has to be a sort of a relationship where you know when you when you look at any of these the top teams also you, you have a left back and the left sided or, or right sided mid whichever side you're on. It must have, have also a good uh, understanding because the one must know if you're the one attacks, the one drops off, or if you're ready in full out attack, the, the play on that side also has to be in full support. So I think that sort of thing still needs, of course, to be key. But I mean, look, we winding down the, you know, to the end of the season anyway. It's like with a few games to go now. But yeah. I mean, I think it's something also to work on for not only the remaining games and you know for next season as well. Um, then seventieth minute. Also on the attack, Saka ends up getting in the United box. He's crossing the bouncing of one of the United players at the back. Uh, the ball ends up, you know, in a kind of scramble. United ends up clearing, but, you know, straight to El Nene. And, I mean, the Egyptian ends up, you know, controlling the ball, laying the ball off to Xhaka, who I mean, almost like with a low back lift, just lets fly with an explosive shot, which flies past the gear. 3-1 Arsenal. I was still busy screaming for a penalty. I didn't even see when he took the United players on, but... I was shouting for a penalty, and then, you know, in that split second, I'm still focusing on, you know, is it going to blow for a penalty, and Jaka eats that, that <laughs> booming shot into the back of the net. I mean, of course, there was a bit of controversy with, with Ed and Ketia, but I think I saw that she feeling more confident. I mean, of course, they were, you know, playing and replaying it and, and wondering if it's going to be chalked off. But, I mean, you can actually see with uh, the sort of gap between uh, the key, the keeper, and um, Lindelof and Nketiah. I think that's what actually saves Arsenal also no way. Just that just based on the distance, because he was actually obstructed by Lindelof as well. So you can't just say, oh yeah, yeah it's, it's uh, you know just an Arsenal player. But I mean, yeah, goal given. Arsenal three one up, and I mean we fly in. I mean immediately Arteta goes into uh, the defensive mode. Rob Holding coming on for Bukayo Saka, who probably ran his race. Yeah, no, I think the the job was done. I didn't think we needed to, you know, kind of push on for any more goals. You know, that that 8-2 dream kind of, you know, faded very fast. And, you know, you were just looking at the three points then. Yeah. So, 86 with Arsenal are playing with more caution. 
taking a sting out of the game, you know, playing to our pace, you know, just all that kind of frustrating United as well, who we are now pushing. Uh, then 90th minute, you know, the biggest roar of the game. Tommy Yasu ends up coming on for Cedric. I mean, fantastic to have him back again. Um, and then, I mean, even a little big cameo. In the 92nd minute, he ends up bamboozling Cristiano Ronaldo. Yeah. A, 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 Deep, uh, like you know, every tackle from Ronaldo, and I mean, getting Ronaldo booked as well. Yeah, you know, 3 1 Arsenal. Football's a funny game, you know. We, def- I think, we've definitely played well enough against Brighton and Southampton to come yeah. away with um, the points, but we ended up with zero points and one goal. We were quite, you know, with a chaotic and sloppy against United <laughs> and Chelsea, where we get six points and score seven goals. So, you know, we take what we can, but. You know, the top four race is really going to be eating up, especially with, you know, the, the remaining games coming up and coming up against the Hammers. Yeah, seventh taking on fourth at the London Stadium. Um, even though, look, uh, we still now have, you know, serious uh, defensive crisis. I think, you know, they still have players who can hurt you. And I mean, some of the key players for the season has been Jared Bowen. Yeah, Nick, he was good. Yes, I even saw him. And Declan Rice. So, I mean, they they are thick, but I mean, I think they are like the thing that that I'm sure Moyes does worry about now is they are vulnerable now at the back because with Dawson picking up a red card last week against Chelsea, they're down to I think just Kurt Zuma now at the back, and they're gonna probably have to throw in one of the younger defenders in the centre back on Sunday. I also think the eyes on the the Europa League. I mean, if you look at the gap now, I mean, you know, with they only have. They're not going to catch up to really Spurs or Arsenal at the moment. And even, I mean, maybe they could leapfrog United, but I think their priority now is to try to, if they can overturn their deficit against Frankfurt, and, you know, it's not impossible since the away goals really scrapped. So I have a feeling their eye is going to be on Thursday night. I mean, whether they win, lose, or draw to against Arsenal, it's not going to impact them. But if they get the result next week, Thursday, and they win one more game after that. West Ham is playing Champions League football. You know, you got Arsenal need to also use that to their advantage. That you know, West Ham's just played Thursday. They're gonna play Sunday, and their 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 artist Morgan and mind is gonna be looking on Thursday. I don't know how you see that. I mean, my take with regards to um, Sunday's game leading on to the Thursday fixture, I think they might try you know to go. With a full strength squad, like yeah, full strength, I mean, using the air quotes really, but I think they're going to probably try to go strong against us, but they are not going to give them like a full 90 minutes or 40 yeah. minutes or something. I think they'll probably go, look, if we don't get it by, say, 45 or 55 or even an hour, we're going to start pulling guys off. Then, you know, you guys will have to fend for it. Because I fully agree with you. I think they are going to, you know, use <clears throat> that. that because, I mean, it's, it's once-in-a-lifetime opportunity for them. Because yeah. not every year they're going to, you know, qualify for Europe. So, I think with, with a strong, with a, with a talented squad that he has now, and, and I think now he will probably try to, you know, keep as many of, of the players also fit while he can, since that's now, you know, all like a golden ticket, really, for them. So, I, I mean, I, look, I can also be wrong, and I mean, he's going to have whatever, but I just think, the biggest vulnerability, vulnerability right now is the defense. I mean, there's no hiding about it. It's all out in the press as well. You make 100 percent sense. I think you know, if Arsenal can hold the game, so how much do they need to play for? No, no. But if they don't, don't concede. If you can score, score. 
But if you can take the game deep to, you know, even 50, 60th minute, and like you said, you know, so the, um, West Ham players are going to be tired. And, you know, the, like you said, once in a lifetime opportunity, I mean, who knows when West Ham could play in the Europa League again? Who knows when they can get this far again? Who knows when? I don't think they've been this close to a Champions League spot also before. So, you know, you know, on the one hand, as a coach, you're going to be guys go out there, but, you know, don't get injured. I mean, I'm sure you wouldn't want a Declan Rice or a Jared Bowen injured in, in the game coming up against Frankfurt. Yeah, I mean, it's going you know, to be very key and very in- interesting to see then how he, especially David Moyes now, goes out about, you know, the planning of the squad. Because, I mean, must be also a shitty dilemma to have where you, you know, have this game falling in between two leagues of a important, you know, European fixture. And this is actually what I was always telling you about, you know, early on in the season where I always wanted us to, you know, play some, like when we, especially when we're on form, play one of these teams that are in the yeah. front runners and have a setup like this. But I mean, it, it happened, I think, against Liverpool and where I think we failed hopelessly in that thing. I think this could be a crucial fixture, though, because you win this and. I know the North London derby, they say, it's like, you know, a do-or-die fixture, right? But yeah. you do the North London derby, you go, what, two points behind Spurs? And who does Spurs play after that? I think Liverpool. Or is yeah. it, did they play Liverpool before us? No, I think they played Liverpool before us. A lot of people, I think, I heard also a few people mention the other day, actually, where they say, if we, if we can actually start sorting out qualification even before we even have to play Spurs. Because... Even if they if they get a couple of wobbles themselves, I mean, look, of course, we focusing on on you know what we you know the job at end, but I think if, if we also focus on our sort of you know the, what we have to do, and and spur somehow buckle down the line, then I mean we can't even get it before even having to say the North London derby type of thing. You're 100 percent right. They play Liverpool next week. If we beat West Ham, we and, and Liverpool beat Spurs, we can. Let's face it, Liverpool are on a rampage right now. You know, they don't care who they're playing. Yeah, they right. want that title. I mean, they could they're gonna push City all the way. And I think, you know, they play um Spurs and City only play Newcastle the even the next day. So they can push themselves top. And you know how important that is in the title day. So I think Spurs lose there. Arsenal beat Leeds at the Emirates. Then, you know, that North London derby, you know, even if Arsenal somehow draw the game, I'm not saying we're gonna play for a draw. Yeah. But you know, you kind of saying, okay, now we have, you know, two games in hand where we can drop points. That's I think that the game also on, uh, I mean, it's now pretty that it, it comes off, you know, a lesser uh, Europa League. Yeah. Because, I mean, look, with him playing on, on Sunday, it would be you now interesting to see how that plays out. But, I mean, look, Leicester also showed the vulnerabilities this season. Yeah, no, I think it's, I think Spurs will walk away there. And I think, you know, we're having our own title race with the guys, so it's going to be <laughs> important. Yeah, but that's what I say. I mean, I think we must just look at destinies in our own hands. We have yeah. to say, we, you know, do whatever to get ourselves over the line and European qualification. Because at the moment, look at the, the way it even stands now, the way uh, Man United have petered off. Um, you know, we it looks like we are going to somehow be guaranteed European football somewhere or the other. Like, yeah. You know, either Champions League or Europa League. But I mean, I'm I'm hoping for the the former because I think we really need to get in that because that, I mean that that fi- financial injection alone is going to be, you know, huge boost for the club, especially with not only transfers planned for the summer but also, 
you know, stadium at innovations. And I mean, especially if you want to, you know, host top teams and that you need that stadium also to look, you know, fantastic when you have the, the away crowd and that in, to, to you know, draw a bigger, bigger crowd and, that, and attention to us. I percent agree with you. So, I mean, that, that leads us also straight into the talking point section of the podcast. Um, you know, I think that also to work with regards to Sunday, I think that with the return of probably going to be Tomiyasu, it's going to be a big, big factor for Arsenal, especially yeah. now the vital part of the, you know, vital part of the season as we now, you know, winding down the end of the season. Um, what's your take of him? Do you think he's going to probably get a start against West Ham? Do you think it's going to be still more cautious, but give him again, like maybe 20, 25 minutes run in the next game? Or do you think it's going to I, I think a 20, 25 minutes run in this game and maybe start him against Leeds. I think West Ham could be a very tricky game, I think. To, to start off against away from home. Like, you know, you don't want him to, you know, uh, get caught cold because, I mean, it's not going to be an easy game. I'm not saying Leeds is going to be easy, but Leeds at the Emirates is more kinder than, you know, West Ham away from home. Yeah. So, I think Cedric hasn't been doing that bad that he needs to, you know, immediately be taken out. Yeah. I just think maybe, you know, a 20-25 minute cameo could be the answer. Yeah. The next point, um, the resurgence of Granit Xhaka, I mean, has it surprised you or did you expect No, it, 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 it has surprised me. It, it surprised me, but it hasn't changed my opinion of the fact that we definitely do need another two, especially if we're going to be competing in Europe, kind of two more proper, you know, central midfielders. I yeah. think Conga is still quite young. Maybe he should, maybe, you know, maybe he comes right. I don't know. But you definitely need that third um, sentiment, whether it's, you know, like a guy like Tillemans. Yeah. Um, like, you know, I thought of bringing Gwentuzi back as well, like having a midfield, you know, quartet of, you know, Gwentuzi, Xhaka, um, Party, and Tillemans. And then you kind of have Lekonga who can deputize, you know, amongst those guys and learn from them, who's quite young. I mean, you know, Xhaka probably has another year or two left in him at the high level before, you know, he starts tapering up Tillemans as well, probably. So, you know, it will be a good exercise to learn, to let our future guys learn from them and take it from there. But, you know, Xhaka has been a pivotal guy to our side. I mean, even party struggles when he's not around. But, I mean, you know, just to elaborate on that one point that you know, just made, um, for me, I think Arteta should also be I wonder what his thoughts are also with regards to, say, somebody like Lokonga, because, look, when he has been given the sort of responsibility, he's, I mean, he's not looked that good. I mean, I yeah. think yep, on in the season, yes, he did. But now, he either he's not getting enough minutes under his belt, so he's kind of struggling, because, I mean, if you think of, <clears throat> excuse me, the way Almini has just almost like come in and almost like grasped the opportunity and yeah. very comfortable in the job that that. Lokonga like looks nervy. Yeah, I know it's it, it's it's definitely a bit a bit worrying at Lokonga, you know, hasn't been taking his opportunity. I mean Maitre Niles look better than him in some of the games when they played together. So, you know, they definitely he has to be a kind of, you know, you do maybe you give him another season, do you send him out on loan or do you let him, you know, learn of the current group? But you know, quality wise, you know, going into the Champions League um, if we go there, you know, your midfield needs to be strong because they're going to take on top quality sides and then you have to play a Premier League fixture. So, you know, that balance needs to be right. You see Liverpool have Naby Keita, Fabinho, Thiago, Henderson, 
you know, the list goes on. They have that players that can fill in that midfield week in, week out. I mean, to, to rotate as well. Yeah, good point, mate. Um, yeah, so, I mean, do you have any other talking points before you... No. Okay. Uh, I think we just we pick up the three points against West Ham. Yeah. Okay, guys, take care. Enjoy the weekend. Enjoy the match on Sunday. Cheers and bye. Take care, guys. Bye. Bye. Um,